Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for tuning in today. And I have got John and Robin with me, and we're continuing our story, our conversation with our staff of, wow, what a cool job this is. How did you get into it? And sort of what what sort of sparked this in your life? So we've all sort of shared um, our stories, and uh, John and Robin are going to share their stories today. And Robin, tell me, what what led you into this wild world that we work in? Oh, gosh, Pam, thanks for asking. I'll tell you, like so many people, um, yeah, I love food, and I always have. Um, Well, I'll tell you, my mom was um, a working mom, so I had a lot of free time after school, and I loved to bake. My mom and my grandma were avid bakers, so I come by that naturally. And um, And you're a good baker. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you. Um, So I'll I'll share one short story from childhood. And one day after school, my girlfriend and I decided that we would make sugar cookies. And if we were going to go to that trouble, well, we each had to have some. She needed to take some home. So we started into this recipe. And again, we were going to double this recipe. Well, the recipe called for five cups of flour, and then we doubled it to 10. Can you imagine? Uh, I called my mom. I got in the middle of this, and you can only imagine the um, ridiculous mess that I had with this this flour. And I called my mom in the middle of it, and she goes, "You're doing what? What? <laughs> First of all, like, why are you calling me at work?" And I'm like, "Well, I got this whole problem going on here." Yes, yeah, so that's not a call you want to get when you're the mom at work that you've got two girls in the kitchen with flour, ten cups of flour going <laughs> everywhere, and I can't have it. I don't have enough ingredients at this point, and yeah. <laughs> So that was kind of a tragic mistake, but I, I soldiered on from there. And um, anyway, we mostly had that mess cleaned up by the time she got home from work. Thank did, goodness. Did you scoop and level your flour? I was oh, going to ask. Oh, I doubt it. I, it was, I can't is <laughs> all I can tell you is it was a flour dust storm everywhere. And, um, and my, yes, it was, it was bad, um, but it was mostly cleaned up before mom got home. So all was well in the end. And we did have some cookies and they may you have did. Been, Tough. Yeah, they made that whole tough, but you know what? We were proud of ourselves for, for having made these cookies. She took some home, and I had some for home, and all was well. Um, so anyway, we'll fast forward, and I often did have, you know, my again, my mom was a, a working mom, so I often started supper or had things going, you know, as I went through school um, to make life yeah, easier at home. I did the same. You know, because that's what we did, yep. and I it and it made life easier um so then anyway um when i um moving along and i got married and i was a stay-at-home mom and i had three kids and i loved to bake for the family and i loved to cook for the family i always had a meal on the table and um it was fun mostly and except when everybody's like what's for dinner and (laughs) i don't know i don't feel like doing that you guys are driving me nuts all day um i shouldn't share that should i but (laughs) anyway um i did i'm telling here it was truth telling. Um, I love to cook. And um, there came an opportunity that um, someone I knew had had a catering company um, here in town. And I was able to work part time for them and, you know, still be at home mostly. And, and it was perfect. And I loved it. Love, love, love it. So um, we got to do some exciting dishes and um, things that I hadn't made really at home. And I like to, you know, experiment at home. And, um, of course, I will also say, you know, I've never met a cookbook I didn't like. And <laughs> read them as if you they, me both. Yeah, you know, just to read them as a book is uh, a mm-hmm. real. And um, we also I told read- Amanda I was a, a recovering addict. <laughs> of I, you know, 
<laughs> still full on herself, right? She is, yes. Yeah, yeah, Amanda is crazy with cookbooks. I can only imagine the joy but I would have in her house. <laughs> when Amanda said she had 1,600 cookbooks. Wow. Yeah. I've yeah, given like, more away than I own at this point. Yeah, I have too. I have too, really. Yeah. I, I'm a recovering cookbook addict. But, and like you, like to read them almost as just um, enjoyment, not not even necessarily for the recipe at times. Absolutely. They yep. are so fun. Um, so then time went on and I did actually, you know, my kids got a little bit older and I got a full-time job and um, I was working for an appliance corporation and it was, you know, it was fine. Um, a big appliance corporation <laughs> here in Iowa. Yes, a big appliance Form corporation. Formerly located in Newton. <laughs> yes. Just narrow it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> located here in Newton, Iowa, and had been here for forever. And it was, you know, it was a nice job um, until they were bought out by another major appliance corporation and the job went away. And that wasn't so good. It was a big scary. But as part of that, they offered job training and you could take advantage of that, which I was fortunate enough to take advantage of that. But what did I want to do? That was the question. And I always loved, of course, I've always loved food. And so the opportunity came to, I could go to culinary school, which mm. was a lifelong dream. Um, who would have thought that I would ever have that chance? Um, and to have it um, and to paid have it, for. <laughs> and have it paid for, which was a blessing beyond compare in my life. And my youngest child was graduating from high school and going out on her own. And the timing was just right. And it, truly a blessing. And so I thought, gosh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, but um, it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work and I loved every second of it. And I learned so much, um, but I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to get this degree and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because um, I'll tell you, I was one of the oldest students. There was a guy who was um, just a little bit older than me, but I was really one of the oldest students in, in my class. And of course, you know, about the first day they go around and, you know, the instructor says, you know, what does everyone want to do? What are your goals? And all these young people are going, I want to own my own restaurant. I want to own my own restaurant. And I thought, um, lovely, but do you know the failure rate? And do you know how hard it is? And I thought, oh my goodness. And then we worked in the restaurant at school and I thought, I am too old for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful job. It truly is, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was going younger through, person's it, game. It is a younger person's game, and not that an older person can't do it, but it. it I was worried. I didn't it's really physically what, demanding. It is very physically demanding, and I didn't really know what I was going to do until I had an instructor that said, "Have you ever thought about, you know, working for a magazine?" And I said, um, "Well, no, actually." Um, tell me more. Um, and so she did. And I ended up doing my um, externship at America's Test Kitchen in Boston. And um, wow, it was really a lot of fun. And but I couldn't live in Boston. Um, my family was in Iowa and I long story. But anyway, so I came back and lo and behold, there was um, a job opening posted here in um, in Des Moines or Cuisine at Home magazine. And I thought, are you kidding me? It was for a grocery shopper. And I'm like, do it, apply. You never know what's gonna happen. Get your foot in the door. Get your foot in the door. And um, and they hired me and wow, I was just 
I was ecstatic and it was fun. And it's been a wild ride ever since then. And I just, I love it. And it is a dream job. And, you know, people say, you are so lucky. And I'll say, yes, I am. I get to do what I love um, every day. You know, some days, yeah, it's a job. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> because it is a job, you know, we have things that we have to do that we don't always, you know, aren't um, our favorite things. And some days you have to get up and go to work and you're like, oh, I'd rather stay home. But now I got my wish. But <laughs> 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 I love it. And I work with great people and I get to do something I love every day. And yeah, it's a blessing. And I have, I'm really lucky that I get to do, but yeah. I, love. I, I get to play with food, but I did learn um, because people say, what do you do? And I said, I play with food. Um, that's what I do. I play with food, but I got called for jury duty one time and they said, what do you do? And I said, I play with food. And that's really not the right answer that they're looking for. <laughs> I that, you know, when you're during the attorney, you should, I should say, I play with food for a lot, for a job. Um, I'm like, oh, well, really? <laughs> Stick to your job title. <laughs> yeah, I should have just given them my job title. But anyway, that's my story, long and short. Um, I've always loved food. Um, it was kind of a, a, I'm a late bloomer in coming to this world um, professionally. No, no, no later than I. Uh, some, yeah. of your, some of your story very resonates with me because I have a career changer and I was one of the older ones in culinary school. And I knew that I, a restaurant was not where I wanted to spend my time. Um, but um, yeah, it's, uh, well, thank you for sharing, Robin. That's uh, wonderful. And I'm, I love that, uh, you know, that we followed our passion and have ended up where we are. And I think this, these listening to these stories, Haley and I were saying um, when we chatted uh, that, um Work is a four-letter word sometimes, yet when we remind ourselves of how we got here and um, that really is, it was sparked by passion and, and love, it, it sort of reignites things for us. I love your story, Robin, that you um, were able to go to culinary school and, um, and follow that passion. And I'm so jealous that you, were, you had it um, funded. <laughs> oh. That was a blessing that I never expected because the culinary school, you know, here in, in Des Moines was full and I it was on a waiting list. And so I called the gal that was in charge of the, you know, the whole program that was covered, um, you know, covering the education part, the re-education part or whatever. And I said, you know, here's the deal. Can I take the money that you would pay for this and apply it to a more expensive school since I can't get in? And she said, well, let me check. And she called back and, um, you know, took a couple, she goes, I have to run that up the ladder. And she called me back a couple of days later and she said, well, we'll just cover it all. And <laughs> I literally dropped to my knees and just could not, I said, you have got to be kidding me. And she said, no, I'm not. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know where that is, but I, I truly think that, you know, really, yeah. Um, Divine someone, intervention. <laughs> yeah, someone was looking out for me very much. And uh, yeah, it truly was um, a blessing all the way around. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember paying my last uh, culinary school um, loan payment. Um, maybe last year, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's, it is not an inexpensive endeavor. It truly right. isn't. And, and that's why I, you know, I, I worry about people. I worried about some of the people in my class that just thought they were just going to just sure. go out. Um, open a restaurant and get going. And I'm like, Oh, well, what? and now you think, <laughs> and now you think about it too, with people, um, who have that industry has been hit so very hard yeah. with COVID 
and um, uh, yeah, that they've got um, some of them have a lot of uh, they've got the stress and the concern about their business, but then they also probably have uh, loans that they've got due, and uh, that's not a good thing. Because there are some incredibly talented. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, John. I just want Robin to know that she wasn't fooling anyone with getting her foot in the door. So I knew what she was doing. (laughs) I knew what she was up to. Uh, Hey, listen, I've done that, too. And I was damn glad to see her. Thank you. I I think we moved uh, rather quickly, despite uh, the editor at the time, to get you into full time. Yes. (laughs) Foot by foot, step by step, we got her up to full time, but it wasn't just grocery shopping. Uh, Anyhow, the biggest food memory as a child, frankly, is uh, the fact that I was hyper finicky. I was an (laughs) awful eater. Me too. (laughs) My diet consisted of, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs. I mean, I don't even think we ate mac and cheese. It's just, you know, I would lick the butter off corn rather than eat the corn. (laughs) I love the butter and salt. And I, uh, well, yeah, endless amounts of sweets, no problem. Um, Even up to being a teenager, uh, my parents went to friends uh, just north of Boston and went to a beautiful seafood restaurant. And I ordered burgers because, geez, that fresh lobster, that, that's scary stuff, you know, <laughs> straight out of the, you know, Cape Cod. Straight out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too bad. Uh, so I missed out on a lot of stuff as a child. And so it's fairly dramatic that, uh, you know, during college, I got into uh, cooking slowly but surely as I went through college. And eventually, uh, with my history and humanities degree, I knew that I had to make a living and pay rent. (laughs) And so I started working as a prep cook in a $3 million a year property. And two years later, I was the kitchen manager uh, through no fault of my own, just sheer attrition. I was the last man standing (laughs) that, that knew the systems. It wasn't that I was a brilliant chef or anything. Um, but that really was the turning point when um, I, I discovered this is great. It's high action. It's flirting with waitresses. It's, you know, drinking buddies and, oh, muy macho kind of life. There's a whole and, culture that goes along yeah, with it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And, uh, well, just to that point, uh, sh- a few years later, you know, Anthony Bourdain came out with his... Uh, Oh, uh, ground, groundbreaking Kitchen book. And I, yeah. And I only got through the first chapter because I said, I've lived this. I've done this. I don't need to read about it. I could write my own book and it would sound the same, you know. So uh, that's how. Anyhow, that's what really was the turning point was working uh, at uh, the Green Mill franchise. Huh? And from that, I moved on to another property. You know, you follow your friends and whatnot. And I was introduced to a lot more fine dining in a hotel. And my chef, who had come from a classical French background, pulled me aside one day and said, Listen, John, here you go. You've got this useless history degree. Um, <laughs> why don't, if you applied yourself and you're the guy who could do this, um, why don't you go to, you know, Culinary Institute? And I thought, Shh, tosh. 
And <laughs> two years later, I was there. Well, he showed me. He said, "Here's what you will be making in a year. This is what you could be making in two uh -huh. years." Uh huh. Uh huh. And you and you would have a title to go with it. And so. Uh, and some skills. Yeah, and a lot of it was culinary training, and I think you'll find this true, Robin, as well, is that I knew the techniques, I had seen the techniques all my life, I just didn't have a name for them. Same. You well, know? and also, I think for me, culinary school also after, especially maybe Robin and I felt like this, when you go as a little bit older, sometimes it's unlearning some things yeah. <laughs> because yeah, you've, done, <laughs> you've done things a certain way, but yes. Oh, what I discovered, you know, later on as I began uh, hiring people as a chef and whatnot, uh, that culinary programs, the bare bones of all of them are extremely similar. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of the more money you pay, the better advertising you mm -hmm. have. And so I had applied, well, I'd sent out feelers at graduation. I had nine interviews if I, you know, I had my choice of interviews and uh, ended up eventually, no matter what, back in Minneapolis. But that, <laughs> how things worked out, I was going to get married. It was a lot easier to organize a wedding from Minneapolis then. Um, and so I was uh, uh, catering, schlepping and prepping for a year or so. And then I landed this job with IDS American Express opening a property a conference center and I worked there for uh, three and a half, four years when I caught my boss embezzling the cash. Oh boy. <laughs> and that was a fun time. Uh, <laughs> company came in, a lot of intervention in there and drama and whatnot. He lost his job because he refused to go into uh, treatment and for some reason they switched my property. So suddenly I went from a really cush job to a P&L, you know, grinded out oh. 60 hour work week, 80 hours if I had to do inventory and extend it. And this is right when my son was born. Mm. I said, okay, between this weird thing that happened with uh, uh, losing the property I was at and this 80 hour work week and I got this newborn, I just up and quit. And the first time, only time I probably do that, just without a net. And back in the day, they used to have want ads in newspapers, and they used to list the <laughs> jobs of want ads in the newspapers. And there was thousands of them. How and foreign! Up and down every column, and out of place, not in hospitality, not in restaurants, but under T, there was an ad for test kitchens. And I said, "Oh, this is a lark." Here's the chef from Minnesota Vikings going to go work for Cooking Life. <laughs> and I sent my resume in, and sure enough, I was the right man at the right time. One, because I was a man. Two, because I was chef trained. Uh, uh, three, because I was a Yankee, and Cooking Life was based in Birmingham. So all yeah. the women were uh, home ec majors. Uh, they were all women, and they're all Southern. They're all from, you know, within a state sure. or two of mostly from Alabama. So I fit a lot of criteria and they brought me down and for the next eight years I worked there. I, as part of the job, not just testing recipes, but you also had to do the food styling for photography. And so I cut my teeth there. I learned a lot, mm -hmm. you know, those eight years. And eventually uh, factors outside of uh, whatever led me back to uh, getting back to 
I roughly say it, my tribe, I had to get back to the Midwest. My wife will say she didn't want the kids talking funny with that Southern accent. <laughs> so that's her story. My story is I needed to be closer to mom and dad as they were uh, getting older. And she wanted to be closer to her family as well. Sure. Um, so we came up to Des Moines and got the job uh, there. It's been, what, 17 years now? Sure. Not bad. I mean, no. you know, the thing is, is that I, I, is it a passion for cooking if you, you know, I think by the time I'd come up here in 2003, I calculated that I had produced 10,000 recipes, either testing or photography or My. not much development by the time I'd left Cooking Light. I mean, it was just one of those things. And I worked in, including all the restaurants and culinary school and a lot of short-term jobs and just to fill in for income. I had worked 25 restaurants in 25 years. Some of them longer, some of them only two weeks, you know. Uh, but that's uh, how it worked. And I've done everything from uh, the, you know, clam shack out in the back of the marina to white tablecloth dining And by that time. And the thing was that turned me on about publishing is that when, well, Cooking Light was in the top of its game. It was its heyday. And there was a lot of perks with that job, a lot of perks. One or two junkets a year just from, uh, sorry about that, from, uh, you know, sponsored culinary trips, that kind of thing. And then the company itself would have an editorial trip every year, and the test kitchen would take a tasting trip every year. So in a short amount of time, over those eight years, I, I guess the peak of my culinary career was uh, having dinner in Philadelphia that was produced by Andre Soltner, you know, sitting there with Julia Child. And the thing <laughs> was, it would have been really charming and interesting, except for the first five, ten minutes sitting with her, she was just mobbed by people looking for autographs. Oh. And finally her PA came over and said, that's it. Nobody, no more. We got to eat. She's here to enjoy herself and be with these people. And then uh, another cookbook author took over, and she just chatted through the entire meal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn anything from Julia. I didn't really hear her speak, uh, talk, or anything else. And uh, but she was quite frail by then. Uh, uh, I think she was just going to have her 90th birthday then. Okay. Sure. Uh, anyhow, that's kind of the peak. I mean, really, really felt like I was, you know, God King at that point because I <laughs> a child. Um, I would bet. <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan of Julie Childs from little, as my father would say, knee high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and otherwise, uh, you know, it was so many. I met so many personalities. I saw, I met uh, like Emeril Lagasse when he was still a chef in New Orleans, and he spoke to uh, the editorial people, well, the staff at Cooking Light, in Leah Chase's uh, Dookie Chase. Oh, sure. And. Uh, this is before he became a TV personality, and he was this very soft-spoken guy with Portuguese heritage from Boston and all this, and none of this BAM crap, and none of this. Is he Boston or Rhode Island? I think he's Rhode Island. Boston, Rhode Island, yeah. Okay. I know he was from yep. New England, so it, you know, it was odd that he was. Anyhow, then with uh, location shoots, sent us around, Napa, Sonoma, everywhere. Uh, it's just rough San life show. Uh, 
you know, it was a tough job. You know, it's hard to get work done. I had a, a week that I had to do a cruise with Norwegian Cruise Lines because we were uh, Cooking Light was branding menu items, and we were supposed to chef uh, train the chefs, which was a joke. I mean, like, <laughs> the minute we left the ship, I'm sure they just went back to what they were doing. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that sort of takes me up to the present, I guess. Um, well, that's. Fantastic. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I'll eat anything. I, the most exotic thing I've ever eaten probably was uh, canned rattlesnake. But mm. uh, otherwise, I'm not fond of, well, I think you guys know this. I'm not fond of lavender, and I'm not big <laughs> on cucumbers. But I'll eat both of them, but probably not together. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I know it's funny because you said you were a picky eater as a child, and I was as well. Um, though... My my mother never made a second meal. It was you're eating what you're given, and I was I sat at the table many of many a night. There might have been a standoff. I would have to choke down cold stringy spinach, gagging all the way. <laughs> um, yet, and I can't even tell you when the things turned. I mean, I would go out to eat, and I don't remember being fussy going out to eat when I was a little kid, but. Um, I will eat anything now. Uh, you know, somebody just posted something the other day, post pick uh, or something, and it was like, what What on this list won't you eat? And I said, well, I'll eat everything on the list. There are a couple things like white chocolate I'm not going to run towards because it's not my thing. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Nutella fan. I mean, it's okay. I It's fine. I don't detest it or anything. Yeah. Um, but I. it's so funny. I wish I could remember the switch from I'm such a picky eater to, um, like my mom would make spaghetti. And so she would allow me when she made spaghetti, I wouldn't eat her sauce a lot of times. I might have a little bit, but I love to just put butter and Parmesan cheese on it. And she was fine with that because she didn't have to cook another meal and I was fixing my own little plate. But um, yeah, sometimes I wish I was a pickier eater because. <laughs> well, you bring up the sitting at the table and you know having standoffs and for the longest time, uh, my sister would just, when there was something she knew I wouldn't like, my sister would just wait for me to take a, a <laughs> bite because she would know I would yak. Would, <laughs> and then she would just break out laughing. She just thought that was the point. Of course, that oh. did not make a scene, did it? You know, so. Well. Uh, and then it was funny because you mentioned spinach, too, is that I actually learned to eat spinach because mom would prepare uh, Stouffer's spinach souffle. And I thought, wow, that's oh. good stuff. It's really weird that you should even say that. <laughs> but I, there's no, nothing I can pinpoint that changed where I could say that was the day that I... Me, me neither. But I remember as a kid growing up, my parents would take us into New York you know, I don't know how often, you know, not all the time at all, because it was an extravagant thing. I do remember when I turned 13, my sister had the same thing when she turned 13. My mother and her best friend took us for a luncheon matinee to New York to see our, our, my first Broadway show. And we went to lunch. And um, and from then we started going into New York for shows or for dinner or whatever it may be. And I would eat escargot I would eat um I would eat anything and I just remember um and I remember sitting at the table one time and I was really skinny growing up I had great metabolism somebody was sitting at the next table and said did, did that child eat all of that <laughs> because I had just eaten like mounds of food 
and and dessert and and whatnot. But um, yeah, I remember as a kid eating escargot and all that kind of stuff. But um, I. It's funny. I mean, it, I, I was lucky. I was exposed to, to food and, um, yeah. Um, well, thank you both for sharing your tales. Uh, we, we kind of diff had different routes to get to where we are, yet some are the same and some aren't. And, um, uh, yeah. Well, I just want to, you reminded me of the fact that, you know, uh, because you're working and because you have deadlines and you get your head buried into the whole thing, it's only when you step outside the job, yes. you finally you hear, you know, civilians or whatever, and they'll say, you've got a really cool job. And then you have to take a step back and go, yeah, yeah, really, I do. I actually, you know, have some influence <clears throat> over some small portion of, you know, the United States. So I mean, Exactly. Kind of interesting. You're absolutely right, John. Well, I do remember when I went to culinary school and somebody said to me, and, and I've thought about this a lot, it's, it is not risky, but it's something you want to think about because you turn an avocation into a vocation. So you go from doing something that you probably enjoy as a hobby and, and, and whatnot to, to having to do it all the time. And so that that does change things up a little bit. And as you said, there are deadlines and all of that kind of thing. But um, like you, Robin, I have always loved cookbooks and I always loved, um, you know, at older, well, I guess even as a kid, I liked food media. I liked food TV because I loved Julia Child, but, and I love cookbooks oh, yeah. and stuff and always gravitated towards the pictures and, and all of that. And yeah, when we get um, emails or letters from people who, um, or posts on Facebook who have made something we've made, um, commented and had a good experience. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's the, that's the gravy. That's the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, are we perfect? No. Do we have uh, mess ups at times? Yes. But we try to have the mess ups at the test kitchen. So most people <laughs> don't have the mess ups in their kitchen. Right. And, um, yeah. Um, Oh, I know what I was saying before you were talking about spinach. Sorry, I'm taking this back for a second. I remember how I got over my, <laughs> how I detested spinach. I had a boyfriend in college who made Middle Eastern food and he cooked spinach with rice and lemons and ground beef and, um, and onions and garlic and olive oil. And I loved it. And it's how I got over my fear and my hatred of spinach. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't cold. <laughs> yeah, if you sit there long enough and you try to just not eat it, it becomes cold and it really is terrible. But, um, well, because I would do as an afternoon snack, I could just pop open that can and just eat the spinach right out of the can. Oh, Popeye over here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that could be after school snack. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. That's amazing. That, that beats Chips Ahoy, I'm telling you right now. Oh gosh, I remember, okay, I'll, I'll tell you about a story from a friend of ours, a kid in our neighborhood growing up. Uh, he loved iceberg lettuce. He would take a wedge of iceberg lettuce, sprinkle a little table salt and just crunch on it. I mean, it's got great crunch factor, but it's not a lot of flavor. That's true, but it does crunch. It does. I think we could go on all day because I've got a lettuce. <laughs> 
my daycare provider would have like a tuna sandwich or something like that, and she'd always put lettuce on it. Well, <laughs> you know, lettuce. Scary ah! <laughs> food for me at four years old. And um, so, but I wanted my sandwiches to crunch like hers, so I would put potato chips in my. Oh, of course. <laughs> Love so we can both crunch I, away. I am the only person I think in the world that has never put potato chips on the sand. <gasps> Seriously? And I have never done that. Oh my gosh. Love it. Okay. <laughs> and I will I will share this because you both mentioned Nutella. I thought I was the only person in the test kitchen that really didn't care for Nutella that much. <gasps> oh my I gosh, we got a club. <laughs> <laughs> I like this a lot. I have learned a lot. Okay, I am a happy girl this day. <laughs> <laughs> oh well this has been such an enjoyable conversation i'm so glad you guys shared your stories with my with me and for our listeners and um so wow what a cool job we have and uh i think when we talk about it we kind of uh fall in love all over again and uh check out our website cuisineathome.com for lots of great recipes including things with nutella if that's for you <laughs> and spinach and, and lettuce <laughs> Uh, and we're definitely on all the social media platforms. So uh, check out cuisineathome.com and please come back next week when uh, we will have Chris and uh, Teresa tell us their circuitous or maybe not so circuitous uh, <laughs> routes uh, to wow, what a cool job you have. And uh, we look forward to uh, having you come back again. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.